for the December 3rd, 2021 edition of Weekly Signal's Weekly Review. A vague approximation of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Yeah. Yeah. And as always, the mystery man who inspired Carly Simon's You're So Vain, (laughs) Mahler. The fake news dog. <laughs> good boy. Hi, fa- hi, fakey. How are you doing this fakey. week? He's yeah. doing great. Yeah. He's had a good week. Yeah, yeah. Good, good boy. Good boy. Today we'll be talking about fungus. That's yeah. it. There's a whole show special on uh, fungus. I'm, I'm pointing at my feet right now. Oh, yeah, you want to talk about fungus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at that. They're setting Mahler. I've never seen Mahler wretch. Today we'll be talking about fungus, Republicans on drugs, people of concern, Caligula's party lot, yacht, (laughs) and then some. But first, you got to calm down. Okay. Take a breath. That's what I got to do. All right, there we go. You know, uh, come to think of it, I've been wanting to ask you this for a long time. Uh Are you Catholic? I am, I am what a legacy Catholic. Legacy. I am no, <laughs> I'm an alum. Yeah, but I'm no longer a Catholic. An alum. Yeah. You ever been in Notre Dame Cathedral? No, and yeah. I was in Paris, but I yeah, no, but we didn't, didn't go, go there. there. See, so you're not a Catholic. <laughs> I guess not. A Catholic would have gone to Notre Dame Cathedral. Well, I, I was living on like three dollars a day, so at the, so I could have walked there. I probably could have. You're right. They charged. I to went get to in? the Louvre. Does that make me less Catholic? I guess it does. Yeah. It doesn't make you anything. It makes you a somebody who. <laughs> I didn't see the Louvre. Yeah. The Louvre. I went to the Louvre. Yeah. Yes. You know what always gets me Louvre. is they call it. It's spelled the same, but they have Notre Dame University. Yeah. And Notre Dame Cathedral. Yeah. Well, that's because they're pretentious French people. What are you talking about? It's the French language. Oh, that's right. It's it Our is. Lady that's, Notre Dame. Well, that's true. You're right. That's those, it's those hillbilly Americans. It's just, it just I don't kind know. of mind-boggling. Yeah. Haven't they heard? Yeah. They're, where are they, in Michigan somewhere? No, they're in South Bend, Indiana. Oh, Indiana, yeah. I know. It's one of them states up by the lakes. <laughs> it is. Mike Pence is from there. Yeah, from Indiana. He's from Indiana. But he didn't go to Notre Dame. I don't think so. But there they are. Yeah. Up in uh, Illinois, like you say. <laughs> Indiana. And... And and they haven't heard of Notre Dame. I guess not. I don't. It's know. not that I tough to say. I know it is. is. It? I know. I mean, it, you know, it's Notre Dame. I know. You can make it. You can make Americanize it. it Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. See. Yeah. You could. Yes. You could do you're it. right. Why? You could Notre say Dame. it like it. Was, yes. Yes. You were from. Yes. What's with those people? I. There are so many things I could say at this point. I'm not going to. I'm refusing. Catholics. I know. From the Colorado Springs Gazette. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame Cathedral, yes, which was severely damaged in 2019 when a fire burned it up pretty bad. It did. Is getting an interior makeover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flip that cathedral. That's what they're doing essentially. <laughs> it's a new show. Yeah. Flip that cathedral. I think so. I think it has potential. <laughs> I love it. I love Some it. Some people call the new look a politically correct Disneyland. Oh, my God. Christophe Russolo. 
The director general of the Notre Dame Foundation says they want to make the cathedral and Christianity accessible to pagans like me. Yes. That's what they do. Yes. Or want to do. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. You know, yeah. pagans don't say, I'm not going there because well, it's Catholic. Let me ask you. What? Have you been to Notre Dame? No, in... no. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't been to Europe. I was going to say, I thought you had been to Europe. Okay. Never no. Mind. No, no. Okay. Why would I waste all that gas? I knew you were going to say that, but yeah, okay. But I, I knew, did. What? I, I did as a, as a. Nave. Oh, it did. There was no gas shortage then. So it was. Why I was a nave. It was nineteen uh, in the early nineteen hundreds. There was no. There was whale oil. We, we, That's how I, you got yeah, there? yeah, I got it there on whale so oil. So we slaughtered whales. We slaughtered whales so we so I could so indulge you, my fantasy to of see spending the French summer. French art. Yeah, to see French art. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They got more than French art there. I hear. Well, they got some French. Women, oh, that, I I do I do ten minutes at the oh. improv every Friday and Saturday that's improv? night. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, was, that's pathetic. That was pretty good, I thought. The new design will replace the cathedral's confessional boxes, altars, and classical sculptures with modern art murals. I'm this is for real. Mm -hmm. I'm not making this stuff I, up. I'm sure you're not. It will also uh, add sound and light effects to create what they call emotional spaces. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the new design will include a catacommunal path, which would be used to evangelize visitors. I guess like me, mm -hmm. I'd be walking down this path saying, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. God sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah. Introducing them to 14 themed chapels depicting Genesis, Exodus and the prophets, as well as the seven dwarves. I was. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, the path I'm kidding about. No, the I was waiting on that because that was going to be my line. You stole my line. What line? Instead of the. I stole your line. You I didn't know your you, line. You, How can you steal your line? I was. You, instead you of Stations of the Cross, it was going to be Snow the, White and the Ten Dwarfs, and see that. See, it's a. Okay. The Seven Dwarfs of the Cross. Yes, something The like path that. would eventually end at a chapel dedicated to reconciled creation, or what we like to call the end of estrangement caused by original sin, as you well know. <laughs> yes. It's as if Disney were entering Notre Dame, said yeah. uh, Maurice Coulot, a prize-winning Paris architect, theorist, and critic who saw the plans. What they say are proposing, what they are proposing to do to Notre Dame would never be done to Westminster Abbey or St. Peter's in Rome. So it's kind of a theme park and very childish and trivial given the grandeur of the place. It, That's it, what he says. It, and I think it sounds about right. Yeah. After the fire that destroyed part of the cathedral, the world responded by donating $1 billion to reconstruction efforts. Holy. Yeah, did you give to that effort? Holy mackerel. Really? A billion dollars. Well, I don't think it was in one dollar donations. There I understand, but I'm sure that big funders everyone there. who thought they were giving were, yeah, giving, you know. I bet whatever. you Amy Comey Barrett gave some. I bet she, she did. Yeah. Yeah. Brett Kavanaugh. Yes. Yeah, they probably. I think six of the Supreme Court justices are Catholic. Uh-huh. And you know that they'll be uh, doing well, this catacommunal path thing real soon. Oh, yeah. What I was thinking, I was kind of disappointed, you know, because I gave a quarter, I think. To, they had a little little uh, Pope impersonator out in front of Kmart yeah. ringing a bell. Yeah, ringing a bell. Yeah. Saying, hey, hey let, let me just tell you one quick thing in, your, in terms of fundraising. The Catholic Church is very good at it. When I was growing up, I went to a Catholic grade school. Uh -huh. And this is the 
this is the God's truth. Inside the <laughs> just inside the church chapel, yeah. there was a little cardboard box, a little cardboard, little, cardboard little box. They couldn't afford wood. Nope, because they took no, they didn't. It was a little cardboard box, and on the, the on on it, it was like a box. cereal box material, yeah. right? And on it had little babies from around the world, yeah. right? Uh-huh. You know, China, Africa, you name it, right? Uh-huh. All over, and and it was literally called donate to the pagan babies uh-huh so you I got, got some of that money yeah yeah right. exactly I, I know that you've been yeah you got mm-hmm. which got some shoes because of that i believe is what mm-hmm. i heard and so yeah you put in your quarter i've to, been suckling at the teat of the catholic uh, church for years now for the pagan babies yeah. think about that you know there never was a rock band called pagan Babies. there should have been yeah, yeah they've been a great punk band you know, with all with the quarter I gave to this, uh, the, yeah, to uh, the Pope. restoration of to the, the Pope guy? Catholic yeah. Church. Yeah, I can give it to well, the, yeah, the Pope guy, yeah, impersonator, yeah, like Santa Claus. Yeah, I was hoping that a new cathedral would at least have a drop tower. You know, you know, one of the, like a Disneyland or oh, you know, you know oh, those yeah, towers where you, where you drop oh, down, yeah, like the parachute. Yeah, thing, but, you, yeah, yeah, you're up on the top of the cathedral and boom. Down. Right, right down, right down to right to the altar, maybe. Yeah, you just bam, oh, yeah. and you're looking right <laughs> up at the uh, the guy on the pro- on the cross. That's okay. right. Yeah, or like an original sin coaster ride. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh. You could be screaming in there. You could oh, yeah. you could Holler. wrap the tracks Ooh, around the outside of the cathedral and then boom inside. Exactly, haunted how haunted churchy. Yeah, they could yeah. be doing whatever you do in there, like a mass. Yeah, you'd be wearing masks. And, and the coaster would just scream right through exactly the cathedral. Exactly. And then you'd it'd disappear and you'd hear all these screams Scream, on the outside screaming. of the cathedral. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm liking this. Oh, I think this is great. I think these are the yeah. kind of ideas that really puts us right in the, in the mix. Uh, right in the mainstream mix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From the New York Times, uh-huh. when a wildfire burns through a forest, life under the forest changes too. So that's not on top of the forest, right. or whatever they call that, above the ground. It's Myochondrial underground. system under exactly. the ground. Exactly. Yeah. Death comes for many microorganisms, but like trees, some microbes are adapted to fire. That's right. Certain fungi are known as pyrophilus, or you can say pyrophilus if you want to. Well, they thrive in this kind of an environment. Yeah, fire-loving microbes. They're the, they're the cleaner-uppers, the fixers, yeah. right? Right. After a fire, uh, pyrophilus fungi seem to show up from nowhere, even in areas that haven't burned for decades. Some sprout in fiery shades of orange and pink. That's beautiful. Yeah. But in spite of their garishness, we don't really know much about them. A new study published last month in the Journal of Frontiers, or the Journal Frontiers in Microbiology, aimed to uncover the food source that allows pyronema, a genus of pyrophilus fungi or pyrophilus fungi to appear so quickly in such big numbers after a fire. What scientists discovered is that the damage left by the fire itself may allow the fungi to thrive. During a severe wildfire, a lot of carbon in the top layer of soil goes into the atmosphere as carbon dioxide, while some of it stays put as charcoal or what scientists called pyrolyzed organic matter. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what well, it that's is. What, that's what I'd call it. Yeah. The fungus's carbon-13 labeled emissions suggested it eats charcoal after they did this experiment on it. <laughs> they did a study. Uh, and it eats charcoal, but it really doesn't like to eat charcoal. Well, I wouldn't want to. No. I the fungi may first enjoy a delicious layer of dead organisms. Yeah. Mm. 
and then switch to charcoal only when the organisms have been 86. Maybe as an aperitif. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think they're just kind of running out of food. Oh, they're running out, okay. I don't, okay. You know, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, as climate change and other human conditions drive more frequent and intense wildfires, it would help to understand whether carbon stored in the ground as charcoal will stay there or will degrade and be released as CO2. Ah. And that's what they're hoping to find out more about in the study here. You know, it's just fantastic the way nature is is a cycle of life. Yeah. It wants to heal itself. That's the encouraging thing about the world we live in right now is nature wants to heal itself. It and has it doesn't the give a damn about us. It doesn't really care about us. Yeah. If we want to be here, great. If we really want to continue to do what we're doing, say la vie, yeah. right? I mean, but it will fix itself once this pestilence, once this plague has left. Well, you're anthropomorphizing nature there. Just, it it doesn't want to fix any more than these. Well, it, you know okay. these. Bacteria. The natural cycle of things is to repair itself. When would that be, or well, to, or to adapt? Maybe that's a better way to put it. To adapt. That's what nature has done for as long as this. Degrade and corrupt also come to mind. Well, it does all of those things, uh -huh. but it adapts. And degrades and corrupts. And does is, that too. Is, is, yes, you is, win. Is okay. degradation adapting? I think so. It's part of it. Yeah? Yeah. 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 I win. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Mahler, he's been strangely silent. What's uh, wrong with him? What do you got, Mahler? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're going to get to that, Mahler. Don't worry. We're, we're not, we'll talk ah, about from the Daily Kos. <laughs> K-O-S. Kos. Okay. Oh, Kos. Yeah. Yeah. Kos. yeah. Republicans on drugs. <laughs> on drugs. On drugs. U.S. officials seized a record-breaking amount of meth and fentanyl in November. Mm -hmm. And the bus push pissed off. They pissed off pushers. Oh, I bet. A I was going to say lot. pushed off pissers, but that's something I don't know that different. Can, I don't know if we can say that. Oh, piss? You can't say piss I think we can on say the piss. air? I think we said, yeah. We just yeah, did, I was just no. reading today. There's a, a comic strip called Nine Chickweed Lane. Nine Chickweed Lane. It's, you know, it's a kind of a racy comic strip. Okay. And it's been, I've been reading it for years and years. And you know the abbreviation for Japanese? You don't want to say it. Oh, I know. You mean the, the, the slang? Yeah, the well, yeah, the, the abbreviation for Japanese kind of is that way. I, I don't yeah. know how it you you abbreviate it. It's a slang term, I suppose, but yeah, but <laughs> you don't want to say that, right? No, not really. But it was in the comic strip. I got you. And so they're no longer in the paper. Uh, but I was thinking to myself, even when I because I read the strip when they when they had the word in, it, and I was thinking, well, that's not going to turn out good. Uh, and and the next didn't. day they're yeah. gone. They're gone, really. Yeah, but so but one I'm thinking strike to myself, and you're out. I mean, that's part of the. the yeah, I'm wondering too. And the other thing that kind of is making me thinking because, I mean, I can understand not wanting to be called uh, slang abbreviation for the word Japanese. Right, right. But what about British? Yeah. If I called someone a Brit, right, would I would I be ostracized? Well, and there's no history there. I know there's a context and right. all. But still, it, they they characterize it in the paper that it was a racial slur. Right. 
And I don't, I, I just I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I. Yeah, I know. It, it, and it wasn't. It was a abbreviated term for Japanese zero. You know what I'm saying? It's an yeah. airplane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was that's kind of like language in movies and language in right. in books about the time. Right. right. I don't know. The problem we have I the problem I have with all of this is the landscape shifts under our feet. Yeah. Something that you could have said 15 years ago, something that Lenny Bruce would have said 40 or 50 oh, years yeah. ago. Something that Richard Pryor would have said, something that a whole lot of people would and did say many years ago. Would now he would those people would now be considered to be racist, whatever, yeah. a lot of things. And I know that language changes and morphs and it evolves and all that. And I get it. And our perceptions and of people and what is unacceptable, what is I understand all of that. But first of all, it's the one strike and you're out. Yeah, that that part really bothers me a lot. There's no there's no opportunity for yeah, redemption. I mean, be a or great that. thing where yeah. the person yeah. who does Nine Trick Weed Lane. Yeah, I forget her name, yeah. uh, but that she could. Uh, do it the next strip, apologize. Sorry. Have the character say, oh my God, what were we yeah, thinking? Yeah. We should, you know, there's yeah. that kind of creative way to to bring everybody together right. over this. Instead, it's just like, you're gone. Right. Yeah. Right, I, again. A talented uh, artist too, I mean, she was. It's a nice call, strip. You it's just mentioned Brits. Strip. You men mentioned Brits in yeah, relation to Brits. British. Is that a bad should, word? Should I call the Germans germs? Would that be a, considered? Oh, you could. I, I think mean, that's uh, yeah. fitting. Could I call them krauts? Kraut. Oh, I don't know. Krauts is kind of, but see, I bet you could get in the way with saying kraut. Right, right. Even and again, this isn't think... a white, this isn't a white privilege argument I'm making or you're making. I hope not. No, it's not. I don't think it is. I'm just saying. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. <laughs> we'll see you. Th and thank you for tuning in to the final edition of Weekly Signals here on KBCI. No, I'm just, I mean, it, it, there's, there is a kind of sort of a, an environment in, in which you, you cannot make a mistake even when you don't think you're making or don't know you're making yeah. a mistake. That's the problem I have with all of this. And there also, again, the opportunity to redeem yourself or to say I'm learned something that I yeah. should have known probably. Agreed. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Republicans on drugs, on drugs. Right, right. U.S. officials seized a record-breaking amount of meth and fentanyl in November and the best pissed-off pushers. <laughs> Especially Republican Congress critters. <laughs> yes. Yep. House Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik tweeted that 800 pounds of fentanyl were seized at our southern border in October. This is Biden's border crisis. Yeah. They got drugs. They got the drugs. Yes. They this got, is a good thing because the these are bad drugs. Yeah. This isn't like marijuana. Right. Which is a good drug. These are bad drugs. They're they destroying lives. Yes. The Biden administration got the drugs. They got them. That's it. And they're being criticized. Right. Right. They're they're being criticized for their existence. Yeah. Arizona Republican Representative Andy Biggs tweeted that under Joe Biden, enough fentanyl to kill 238 million Americans was seized at the southern border last month. <laughs> Where's the outrage in the media? <laughs> What the outrage? I guess I'm. Am I I'm really supposed to be happy? The outrage is that you are making a deal about something that would yeah. actually they did. They did successfully. Somebody yeah. did successfully. GOP Chair Rona Romney McDaniel tweeted: eight hundred ninety-nine pounds of fentanyl and fifteen thousand six hundred thirty-one pounds of methamphetamine were seized at the southern border in October alone. We need border security. Well, okay. Wait. 
Isn't that border security? <laughs> that is border. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I think you're onto something here, Nathan. Listen. Republicans on drugs. <laughs> yeah, on maybe drugs. maybe they're on, on drugs. drugs. How about this guy, this clown uh, from the Republican caucus? How about if he had said, and the Sackler family should be in Guantanamo for what they've done to the American yeah, people? Yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah, come on. Exactly. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley tweeted. Welcome to President Biden's America, where 10,000 pounds of fentanyl has been seized by Customs and Border Patrol so far this fiscal year, which is enough to kill over 2 billion people or more than one quarter of the world's population. He was upset. You, those are the kind of things that people used to say about, you know, uh, two, two, uh, 10 pounds of marijuana would be enough to killed a thousand people i mean they yeah. used to say i'm not saying oh, that fent I mean, fentanyl's bad fentanyl, yeah. i'm not trying yeah. to make an argument fentanyl's not horrible it's horrific yeah. but i mean plus all I those understand. border all those border guards are republicans <sighs> so there you go here's one joe biden is a really handsome guy with great hair <laughs> where's the media outrage <laughs> uh, i don't know i don't know I'm kind of all over the place here if this news confuses you, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to set you straight? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. From the Wapapoo, Huffington Report. Okay. Televangelist Marcus Lamb, the founder of the conservative Christian Daystar Television Network, which repeatedly promoted anti-COVID vaccine messages, died yeah. due to COVID-19. Yeah. He was 64. Yeah. Throughout the coronavirus pandemic, the Daystar Television Network amplified vaccine information, giving routine airtime to vaccine skeptics and anti-vaccination nutjobs. In a broadcast earlier this year, Lamb said that the COVID-19 vaccine was not really a vaccine. <laughs> yep. Daystar Television Network, by the way, headquartered in Texas, is the largest Christian network in the United States and second largest globally, reaching more than 2 billion people worldwide. So if you had given all, if the fentanyl had ended up at that ministry in Texas, they could have killed 2 billion people. Uh-huh. That's right what there. I'm saying. I'm, that's what I, so there should be outrage. There should be outrage. There should be outrage. Those yeah. Republicans should be outraged with him. Ah. Two billion people dead like that. No, in a manner of speaking, the misinformation is as is deadly. Yeah, and it's 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 just it's just as enraging as as drug as seizures. as the successful yeah the successful seizure of the in, drugs. In, at the in some ways, I would consider a Daystar <laughs> Television Network a kind of yeah. cartel. Yeah. 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 Uh, before Marcus Lamb died, Jonathan Jonathan Lamb, his son, said of his father's COVID-19 infection that there no doubt in my mind that this is a spiritual attack from the enemy. Yeah, there you yeah. go. By the way, I think you're on to something. What's the, what are they called? Daystar? Is that what you said? Daystar. Daystar. Or not Daystar. No, uh, what were they called? They're, they are, I think we need to start referring to these organizations like whatever they're called. Daystar, Fox News, Newsmax. As in cartels, as disinformation cartels. Yeah, that just yeah. Where did it put that? Yeah. It disappeared. Oh well, whatever they were, that guy is no longer with us, so he can't hurt anybody anymore. Oh, there it is. Yeah, you're right. Daystar. Daystar, Daystar cart uh, misinformation cartel. Yeah, 
From the New York Times, the Smithsonian is getting wet. Nearly two million irreplaceable artifacts that tell the story of America's of America are housed in the National Museum of American History, part of the Smithsonian Institution, the biggest museum complex in the world. And now, because of China of climate change, the Smithsonian stands out for another reason: its buildings are extremely vulnerable to flooding, and could eventually be underwater. Wow. Eleven Smithsonian museums and galleries form a ring around the National Mall, and that's from the Lincoln Memorial to U.S. Capitol mm -hmm. in D.C., and the land was once a marsh. That's true. Yeah. So you have, as the planet warms, rising seas will eventually push in water from the tidal Potomac River and submerge parts of the Mall and the Smithsonian, and more immediately, the rainstorms that are threatening the museum, where a lot of the... Uh, Exhibits, or not the exhibits, but the priceless holdings are stored in basements. Wow. Yeah. Well, so they haven't serious. lost anything yet. But yeah. looking into the future, some scientists are expecting some land around the two museums to be underwater at high tide. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we got to work on that. We do, yeah. From Grist, this is another climate change story. And we've been talking about this. Our wildfires are, well, we didn't talk about this one. I got confused. Wildfires are erasing western forests. We have been talking yeah, about, as we? And climate change is making it permanent. That's the thing we haven't been talking mm, about. Okay. The evidence is clear. Now that the winter has cooled in the 2021 fire season, scientists are looking at the big burn scars across the west with a grim understanding that in some places, the forest will not return because the rising global temperature is wiping out seedlings. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we're having, I could just go down a list of them. I'm just going to skip it because there's... I'm already depressed. You yeah. don't need to go any further. I mean, yeah. they're in the Pepin Forest and Lincoln National Forest, in Bitterroot National Forest, in, in New Mexico, in the Plumas National Forest. They all had forest fires. The fires took down the uh, a lot of the bigger trees, but even the ones that remain, the mature trees, once they go, the seedlings aren't going to survive. So it's there's no... It doesn't sound like there's any point in us going, making an effort to plant trees there. Maybe not. Maybe we couldn't maybe on the scale. On, we don't know. We would even need yeah. to, but let alone. Well, that's really depressing. From Grist, another climate change story. And okay. Well, I just said that. Why well, was I looking at that? Here we go. Right. From Political. Politico, mm -hmm. another climate change story. This is one we've been talking about a lot. Climate migration. Yes. Population shifts forced by destructive weather changes. And they, people have been looking into this for years, but most Americans, and I think most of the world, thinks of it as a future doomsday scenario. Right. And it could be a lot worse than it is, but right now it's happening. Like uh, the influx of Puerto Ricans to central Florida and people in Tidewater, Virginia, choosing one county over another to live in to avoid a floodplain. Things are shifting around that haven't happened before right. and these changes are significant enough to start scrambling the political map yes yeah the impacts are varied from the quarter of a million louisianans who fled at new orleans mostly for texas after hurricane katrina and with the forty thousand who stayed they brought more non-white and democratic voters to formerly conservative texas precincts right. And then up in Northern California, people fleeing California's wildfires who ended up in Chico, California, prompted a conservative political backlash there because of the people coming into the city. Right. 
And now the uh, city council, I think, is completely Republican, and it was almost completely Democrat before. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, the history of humans is the history of migration. Yeah. That we migrate as a, as a species. This is what we are more prone to do than not prone to do. Uh -huh. Than with the fact that we move around and have since the very first human yep. beings is just a fact of. Uh, however, we've added in this extra accelerant into the migration uh, process, which is called climate damage. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. On our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com. On Twitter and Instagram at KUCI FM. And on the web at KUCI.org. Uh, uh, he's been working on that. Uh, he's really, that's pretty good. Here's some real news, Mike. All right. Not this climate change crap. I do want to ask you a question about okay. that. No, uh, we don't, we do it after this. You go ahead. Uh, if you were forced to move from this lovely community, uh -huh. and you literally had to move somewhere, some distance from here. Is this advice you're looking for? No, I'm asking you. Where, where would, would I you, move? Where would, where do you, where do you project you might end up? I would just go to England just because I wanted to live there. Okay. Not because it would be any safer. Right. Just because this is kind of the... Uh, you know what would move me out more than climate change, although climate change might be the end, is is uh, is the uh, situation in the country regarding Republicans and, and uh, idiots taking over uh, the Supreme Court. Right. And, and uh, so the collapse, officials. the collapse of a civil society, yeah. the collapse of democracy. Yeah, the the children who are running the country now. Right. It seems that they're children. They are children. Yeah. They, they they don't understand that. Right. Compromise is part of the the mix here. We got we have to get along. If we don't get along, what what do they want? They want authoritarian governments exactly. is what they want, and I don't want any part of that. Right. Uh, I will stay here as long as I can and and do silly things to prevent it from happening. But yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think just, England, unless it got authoritarian, I don't know. Yeah. I thought about France myself. Okay. I just wondered. Yeah, I've yeah. been curious about that. But, oh, but who knows? Yeah. I might, I might end up in Taiwan. Right. Okay. U.S. Supreme Court appears... What about you? Iceland. The U.S. Supreme Court appears poised to accept a Mississippi law that would bar abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, even in cases of rape or incest. I don't know if I want to go on from this. Yeah, this is just, I mean, it's hard not to be catastrophic about this because yeah. it does feel, especially after the arguments that were made the other day and the receptiveness on the part of the, yeah. of the judges. Well, the thing that's depressing about it is legal abortion makes for less abortions. Right. It makes for less, uh, what they call, uh, uh, maternal mortality. Yeah. It's saving lives. And it's a tough decision. And that's why I say childish behavior of yeah. people who are, who are in the Supreme Court. Right. This isn't looking at it straight in the eye and facing what you should be done. Right. It's caving in to a... 2,000-year-old mythological yeah. mythological religion. Right. There's no way in the world in any other presidency that 
Brett Kavanaugh or Amy Comey Barrett would be on the Supreme yeah. Court. And I doubt that Alito or Gorsuch would either. But those two in particular, there's no way in the world a responsible, even a Republican, Reagan wouldn't have appointed these people. Yeah. He might have, but I don't think so. I think cooler heads would have prevailed. I think more responsible people would have prevailed. Not to say that he wouldn't have pre been pressured to do that, but only somebody as politically craven as Donald Trump would have appointed these people to the Supreme Court. You know, there's a lot of similarities between the parties, we could say. Yeah. At least in defense spending and stuff like that. Right. But don't tell me that they're the same parties, please. Right. Enough of that right. crap. Right. You know? If, if Hillary would have been elected, as much as you don't like her and she makes right. you upset and she would have, you know, been the same with defense spending or military spending, uh, we wouldn't be facing this catastrophe. That argument could have been made certainly more effectively with with Hillary. Yeah. But this is a virulent, this is a, this is a, um, this is a, a virus in our political system now. Uh -huh. And this virus is spreading in ways that are violent, are uncompromising, are fanatical. And as I've been saying, as evidence of this, the, the uh, it's a death cult. Yeah. I, I, I know I keep beating that to death. Sorry, that's a bad way to put it. But uh, it, this is what we are facing. We're facing a death cult that was trying yeah. to wrest control of the country. Yeah. They really are. Yeah, sanctity of life, my anus. I know, I know. Uh, you want to talk about the waste of skin, Donald John Trump, yeah. exposing his aides and yeah. Gold Star families and our current president to COVID? It's up to you. I'll leave it to your good nah, judgment. No. Okay, we don't need to. But he did. Yeah. 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 He, he, he had COVID. Yeah. And he went to a debate. Yeah. And he, and he went to visit Gold Star families because he thought they really wanted to hug him. That's that's his logic. That was, this is the man who is leading the country. That's the way his brain works. A pathological narcissist. Yeah. Who who really is not very bright. I know he's bright enough, but I I was really not that smart. Yep. And in a very in a in a um, uh, what's his name Roy Cohn kind of way he's very smart. Roy Cohn is his patron saint. Yeah. In that regard, he is. But in every other way, he's not. Well, there's very... a sucker born every minute. Right. That's how he's yeah, smart. Yeah, P.T. Barnum smart, right. From BBC News, the Chinese province of Hunan is building a surveillance system with face scanning technology that can detect journalists and other people of concern. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like you and me. <laughs> After this show, yeah. After you and me. Yeah. And Mahler. I'm sorry, Mahler. I left you out of that one. Yeah, Mahler. Uh, the system classifies journalists into a traffic light system, green, amber, and red. Journalists in the red or dangerous category would be dealt with accordingly, they say. The system also red lights other people of concern, including foreign students and migrants. Uh, speaking of that, last year, Huawei, a Chinese tech company. Yeah. You know them. The 5G guys. Yeah. Yeah tested artificial intelligence software that could recognize people belonging to the Uyghur ethnic minority and alert police. Yeah. Yeah. Human Rights Watch China director Sophie Richardson said the goal is chilling, ensuring that everyone knows they can and will be monitored and that they never know what might trigger hostile interest. That's right. Yeah. From the LA Times. 
can lithium cure what ails the salt in the sea? It's interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting story. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Yes. Yeah, I, yes. I think it's worthwhile for people to Absolutely. go out and look I, into this I can a tell bit. you from my time at Public Works that the Salton Sea was considered one of the greatest environmental challenges facing yeah. Southern California. Yeah. I mean, serious challenges. No, I know. I mean, it's... cancer-causing challenges. Yeah. And the impact it's having, having been a dry, essentially drying out. Yeah, this is a pretty, pretty, maybe... A good thing that could come of it. Yeah, clouds of salty, like you were saying. Yeah. Clouds of salty, alkaline, toxic dust containing heavy metals, agricultural chemicals, and powdery fine particulates linked to asthma, respiratory diseases, and cancer are rolling off newly exposed shorelines of the Salton Sea, yeah. threatening the health of thousands of nearby residents and threatening the health of everyone within 100 miles. Yes, Los Angeles. Yes. You know, we get Santa Ana winds. They're not just blowing in something that's right next to you. Nope. Now large corporations are investing in proposals to suck lithium out of the brine produced by local geothermal operations, have, survived, have revived hopes of jobs and revenue from land leases with lithium recovery projects potentially supporting environmental restoration projects like cleaning up the heavy metals and chemicals that go into the air. Mm -hmm. The lithium rush at the Salton Sea cannot be stopped, said Frank Ruiz, Audubon, California's program director for the lake and a member of the Lithium Commission. Communities surrounding the Salton Sea, he said, see that as a victory, a ticket to a better life. If done correctly, it'll elevate the region by creating jobs, benefit the state and the nation by making geothermal energy more affordable and lay the groundwork for negotiations aimed at ensuring that some of the royalties from lithium production and related land leases are used to support dust reduction and environmental restoration projects. Well, I hope those, yeah. I hope those sweet little naive people are right. Well, I don't know that they're completely naive. They, they can they can set this up in. in they front. should, and you're absolutely they can right. Front end this whole thing, if, and but make if it the work. history, but if the history of Los Angeles, especially when it comes to water, mineral rights, and the rest of it, are are a well, this are a bellwether. Rights we're talking I understand. About here, I, I understand, and I just there's so yeah. I hope you're right, and I. Oh, it, it should be. Good. It should be uh, a gold rush of sorts. Yeah, like they're saying be, a lithium yeah, rush. Yeah, yeah, you could have bought. The land around the Salton Sea for about a for a six pack of beer a yeah. couple of years ago, but I mean now that this is on the on the horizon, yeah. You know, these these people are desperately poor. Yeah, there have been some really wonderful documentaries about the Salton Sea, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's really kind of a s show out there. But good, I hope this turns it around. I hope it's for the good. Well, it's money. Yeah, no, it is money. And that's a and desperately I, I think poor just part a, of the country. A, a small just, percentage of that money would take care of a lot of the yeah, problems. Yeah, absolutely. From Smithsonian Magazine. There's a fun story. Okay. Not so serious. Please. A New York City woman's coffee table was discovered to be part of a dance floor from ancient Roman Emperor Caligula's party yacht. Caligula, in case you hadn't heard, during his four-year stint as emperor, Caligula, mm -hmm. got a reputation for cruelty, sadism, extravagance, and sexual perversion. Which, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, don't know what that group, means. You don't want to group all those things together. No, I don't think I'm so. Yeah, I yeah. mean, not necessarily. <laughs> One man's perversion is maybe not somebody else's. They say he was an insane tyrant. Yeah. 
But some people say not that you know it's just like people getting really upset at a guy that they didn't agree with, and so they gave him this reputation. Anyway, in 2013, like calling you know uh, Joe Biden a child molester. Yeah. Right. You know, maybe it's something like that, and that history yeah. passed on. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Caligula was just a winner's right history, right? Isn't that how yeah. it goes? Winner's right the, the history. Just a guy who liked to party. Yeah, he liked to party. Anyway, in 2013, Dario del Buffalo or yeah. Buffalo, an Italian expert on ancient marble and stone, was signing copies of his book, which had a picture of Caligula's party yacht dance floor in it. There was a lady with a young guy with a strange hat that came to the table, and he told her, What a beautiful book. Oh, Helen, look, that's your mosaic. And she said, Yeah, uh, that's my mosaic. <laughs> Later, Del Buffalo, or Buffalo, located the young man who confirmed that New York City art dealer and gallery owner Helen Fiorati and her husband bought the mosaic from an Italian family in the 1960s and turned it into a coffee table. Now, what are the chances of those things happening, those particular Yeah, I know. The guy shows up and he he's talking it. about yeah. that. He sees it. Yeah. He happens to know. I yeah. mean, that's just a crazy crazy set of circumstances. Many artifacts, statues, and images of Caligula were destroyed following his death, including the sinking of his ships in Lake Nemi. I think that's how you pronounce it. Maybe yeah. it's Nemi. I'm... Nemi. A lake of Nemi. A small volcanic lake southeast of Rome. In the 1930s, Italian dictator Benito Mussolini, speaking of insane tyrants, <laughs> ordered Lake Nimi to be drained so the party ships and the artifacts they contained could be recovered and housed in a lakeside museum. However, Nazi troops burned the archaeological treasures as they retreated from Italy in 1944. Part of Caligula's party yacht dance floor survived. (laughs) When Fioratti found out she was using part of Caligula's party yacht dance floor for a coffee table, she returned them to the museum. Very return nice. the music to the museum. Oh, that's wonderful. You can now see Caligula's party yacht dance floor at Mussolini's Museum of Roman Ships in Nimi. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, it's that's it's a, there now. So what, that they don't is, call it Yeah, I'm sure they Mussolini's don't call it yeah, Mussolini's museum. Mussi- and, Mussolini's bong bong party <laughs> museum. Remember the remember yeah, remember Berlusconi? Remember what is I forgot his first name, Bert. The Italian Prime Minister, yeah. Berlusconi, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he the had bongo bongo parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So bongo yeah, bongo. it's a rich tradition in Italy, apparently. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. We should talk. I know. And finally, from Newsweek, although leather jackets have been seen in Korean films since the early 2000s, their status symbol, status skyrocketed after the supreme leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, appeared on television wearing a leather trench coat in 2019. Okay. That seems so long ago. It, does. it seems yeah. like decades ago. A Kim Jong-un leather trench coat mania has now gotten so out of hand that North Korean authorities moved to ban any wearing of black leather trench coats by North Korean citizens, saying it is disrespectful to emulate the fashion choices of the supreme leader of North Korea. How messed up is North Korea? I mean, <sighs> really? Or as the Korean Central News Agency puts it, you know, the Fox News of <laughs> yes, Korea. yes. Uh, any an impure trend 
they called this. Yes. An impure trend that challenges the authority of the highest dignity. <laughs> you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.